Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome back to yet another Talking Lamar. On today's episode, we're talking about one of the biggest action stars of the last 47 years, Sylvester Stallone. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Sorry, I forgot what I was talking about. What are you talking about? I am talking to you. That's just what I was talking about. It's Talking Lamar. You know, his real name is Michael Sylvester Gardenzio Stallone. And, of course, he's nicknamed Sly. Uh, He was born in Hell's Kitchen in New York City on July the 6th, 1946, and he has a brother, Frank. Now, that famous lip droop that he's got, um, that's a result of some really slight mishandling at birth. When Stallone was born in Manhattan, the physician used a pair of forceps to deliver him, and then it sort of slipped in his hand, and it left his lip and his chin and part of his tongue partially paralyzed to, oh. due to a severed nerve. So oh. Stallone later, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a hearse, doesn't it? But Stallone, oh. sta- uh, Stallone, Stallone later said that his face and awkward demeanor earned him the nickname Slivia. And authority figures told him that his brain was dormant. And this really burdened him with low self-esteem. He felt terrible. So what he did was he turned to bodybuilding and later performing as a way of breaking through what seemed to be a consensus of low expectations. So everybody thought he was just, you know, he had some sort of slowness or something. But uh, as he grew up, it was sort of a volatile household, I think. And from what I read, and Stallone's parents separated while he was still a kid. His father was a beauty salon owner, and his name was Francisco Stallone. And he was pretty big on corporal punishment. He would smack his young son around a good bit for misbehavior. But on the same size, Stallone was once caught swatting flies with a lead pipe on the hood of his father's brand new car. So I'm not so sure. (laughs) I'm not so sure I might not have backhanded him myself. I don't know, you know. But his mother, Jackie Stallone, she is an American astrologer, former dancer, and a promoter of women's wrestling. And he once described her as half French and half Martian. <laughs> she she later she later grew interested in the study of rumpology. Now, the study of rumpology is the study of the buttocks to reveal personality traits and future events of your life. According you just to made Jackie, that up. You just you no, just made that no. up. <laughs> listen, listen, that's listen. real. According to Jackie Stallone, the left and the right buttocks reveal a person's past and future. 
respectively. Uh, and so she's, she also says to explain this, the crack of your behind corresponds with the division of the two hemispheres of your brain. So your butt and brain look alike. <laughs> They're split so, in so, half. But is that where the expression um, your brains are in your ass comes from? Maybe Jackie <laughs> Stallone's on to something, Lamar. Now listen, she's not I'm the sorry, only I'm going to wait wait, I'm going to need you to I'm just going to need you to tell me this again. Because I want to make sure. I feel like I've tried everything to improve myself. I want to make sure. Tell me again. Think about it. All right. This makes perfect sense. The left half and the right half of your butt, they correspond to your brain. You have a left brain and a right brain. You got a left buttock and you got a right buttock. So if you if they can look at your butt, they can tell things about you (laughs) for tell what's going to happen to you in the future. Okay. Um, straight face. I'm, listen, I'm working she's, with. She's, I'm working with you. I am. I'm trying. She's got some backup. She's got some backup. There's a uh, uh, according to this blind German clairvoyant, and he's also a rumpologist. His name is Ulf Buck, and he says an apple-shaped muscular bottom indicates someone who is charismatic, dynamic. And very confident and often creative. Evidently, baby got back. I mean, I don't know. But he says wow. it. He also claims that even though he's blind, he can read people's he can read people's futures by feeling their naked buttocks. Oh, I bet he can. I bet he can. Wow! Wow! Um. Is this anybody, is where Sylvester Stallone came from. These people. This is who raised him. Is anybody oh, we're just still getting started. We are oh, we're just, just getting, getting started. started. <laughs> I've got more. What is only $4.99 a month but gives you such pleasure? That would be the Bob and Sherry Premium. Exclusive content from the show, including our classic chat room calls and best of CDs. You'll get behind-the-scenes photos and videos of not only us, but our listeners. It's a lot of fun. Just $4.99 a month. And the website to get all of this is bobandsherry.com slash premium. His parents filed for divorce in 1957 when Sylvester was still nine. And he stayed with his father for a few years, but he had even more traumatic teen years. He was expelled from 14 different schools for his behavior problems. That's a lot, isn't it? 14 14. schools. But now that I know now that I know that his mom was constantly studying his booty and giving him a hard time about his brain, I'm not as confused as I would have been. Yeah. So he eventually graduated high school. And so but that by that time he moved in with his mother in Philadelphia. So he went on to attend an American college and also he went to a university in Laysen, Switzerland. And he, where I, how, how do you go from Pittsburgh to Switzerland? I, I don't, evidently, rumpology pays good. I, so I don't no know. Kidding. Yeah. Rumpology, but I'm in Switzerland, <laughs> in on. Switzerland, he worked as a gym teacher and a dorm bouncer. Now, I didn't know dorms had bouncers, but evidently, you cause trouble at school. Uh, he also sold hamburgers on campus and. <clears throat> There was this time he became very interested in theater while this was going on, both acting and writing. 
And he continued his education at the University of Miami before moving to New York. He moves around a lot in his childhood is all I can say. Uh, but he really had high hopes of breaking into the entertainment industry. And so he was auditioning for parts all over the place. And he also worked at a as a movie theater usher, and he cleaned lion cages at the zoo. Now, he was fired from the movie theater for trying to scalp tickets to a customer because unknown to him, the customer he was trying to sell them to was the owner of the theater. That's he had, A life oh. of crime is not set up for him. I mean, he, he, he's not going to be any good at it. But while he was struggling to make it to make it as an actor, he was talked into making an appearance in a movie called it was called Part, Party at Kitty and Studs. It was a 1970 softcore adult film that was not as explicit as other sex films, uh, but it still required him to appear in the nude. And he was really hesitant to do the movie, but he was sleeping in a bus shelter at the time. And they paid him $200 for two days of work. And Stallone said, it was either do that movie or rob somebody because I was at the end of the rope. He said, I, I had nowhere else to go. So that made him on a, a little bit further down the line. And after the success of Rocky in 1976, there's the film producers of the movie, they renamed it The Italian Stallion. And re-released it. And in 2010, a 35 millimeter negative of the film and all the worldwide rights to it were auctioned off on eBay for $412,000. That's a is lot he of the money. one that is he the one that bought it to get it out of circulation? It, do, it doesn't say that. I don't think so. I think I think somebody else. I, I really do. Now, before he made Rocky. He was so desperate for money. He was so broke. He had to sell his pet dog for $50. But within just a week, he had sold the Rocky deal, sold the script. He got the money for that, and he got his dog back, but it cost him $3,000 to get the, the dog is a bull mastiff named Butkus. It cost him $3,000 to get it back. He had sold it to a little person, and... <laughs> He had tied his dog up at the store with a sign that said hundred bucks, but he finally got, he got uh, uh, a guy to pay him, Jimmy. They called him little Jimmy, the little person. He paid him 50 bucks for the dog. So when he sold the Rocky script, he went back to see little Jimmy and said, you know, I want to get my dog back. Well, little Jimmy lined up his children and said, my kids love this dog. Stallone said, you haven't had him for a week. He said, then little Jimmy, little Jimmy wanted to fight me and said he was going to kill me. And he said, here I am facing this crazy little person. And he said, I can't fight him because they'll arrest me because, you know, my, I'm so much bigger than he is. And anyway, they kept negotiating. So $3,000, a few threats, and he gave him a role in Rocky. Little Jimmy was in Rocky, the first film. He said he finally got his dog back. So, and I looked this, this is, up. I looked up. I found the spot. I found the uh, scene where little uh, uh, little uh, Jimmy was in, and he just has a couple of lines in the movie. And but that's that's how we got the dog back. The amazing thing about a story like this is when you sit and listen to it now, after all of these things have already happened, it feels like destiny that he would become this giant global superstar. 
Like this life yeah. that he's yeah. had. It just feels yeah. like from the moment he came into this world with so many things stacked against him and and then the rumpo the rumpology thing. Like I don't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> I mean, it's like um, he's been paying his dues his entire life. Yeah, yeah. And he's you know, I never knew that about uh that that issue that it's really an accident when he was born that that happened to him. Yes. I always yeah. I always thought that he looked like one of those ancient Roman marble warrior statues. He does. He does. Do you know where I first heard that story? The very first time I heard the story about the forceps was on, I don't know if you, are you familiar with Paul Harvey? Yeah. 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 The rest of the story. I've lost the Marconi to Paul Harvey. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Paul Paul was in his (laughs) eighties. Well, you've lost it to so many people. I can't keep track. (laughs) So (laughs) don't blame yourself. I lost it to little Jimmy, the little cat. I in 2014 I lost it to Buckus, Stallone's dog. Like who haven't I? And you know what? This year I'm losing it to Stallone's ass because Rumbology dictates he's the bigger star. So yeah, Lamar. But I'll never forget Paul Harvey doing that, and he and he he tells this whole story about this young kid, and he goes, and then he grew up to be Sylvester Stallone. And that's the rest of the story. I just loved it. I wow. loved it. But anyway, now how he came up with the original Rocky, uh, he saw Muhammad Ali and Chuck Wepner fight in, uh, on March 24th, 1975. He took that as an inspiration. He went home and he stayed up for 20 something hours over a three day period and wrote the script in three days. So he started shopping the screenplay around. He was offered 360000 but if he sold it to them, they had the right to use whoever they wanted to as a, as a star. They were going to use either Burt Reynolds, Robert Redford, or James Kahn, and Stallone refused. He would only sell to someone that would let him play the lead role. And Aaron Winkler offered him 250000 for the screenplay and to pay him $35,000 to star in the film. But he got 10 points on the back end based on total gross revenue. So when it was all said and done, Stallone came away with close to 2.5 million, which is a lot, but it's nothing compared to what he would have made had he retained the ownership and the licensing rights for the entire franchise. Because think about it. He never owned any Rocky movie or any of the Creed movies. He only got paid for writing and directing and acting in that. He didn't own any of the movies. Which feels shameful to me because that is his 100% creation. Oh, yes. Yes, it really is. is. Erwin Winkler, I think, is who owns it. Mm -hmm. I mispronounced it. Yeah, Erwin Winkler, yeah. Uh, And he went on to do a bunch of stuff, too. But listen, let's don't feel sorry for him. Not too bad because he's obviously had a long and lucrative career as one of the biggest action stars in the history of movies. He has a net worth of over four hundred million. In 1976, it was the highest-grossing film. It won three Oscars: one for Best Picture, one for Best Director, and one for Best Film Editing. Now there are six Rocky movies and three Creed movies in the franchise. When you put them all together. They've brought in $1.5 billion with a B. That's pretty big money. Yeah. In two, yeah. 
In, yeah. in 2015, Stallone, he reprised his role as Rocky in Creed, and it earned him an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. And he's also had great success with the John Rambo character. There are five movies in that that made $518 million. And then another franchise that has done very well for him is The Expendables, four movies for a total of $830 million. So he's done really well. Now, his marriages, he, he certainly is not like the poster boy for Hollywood bad marriages. I mean, he was married to Sasha uh, Kazak in 1974, and they divorced after 11 years. But then Brigitte Nelson, do y'all remember her? Oh, yes. Uh, that, this she, blonde, she, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. She slipped a promo shot of herself under his Manhattan hotel room door that said, he wrote a note on it, it said, my name is Brigitte, Brigitte Nelson. I'd really like to meet you. Here's my number. And he did meet her, and they got married in 1985, and she co-starred with him in Cobra. Does anybody remember Cobra? I remember Cobra. Cobra. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> but I the see- movie that produced this, it produced that famous line, you're the disease, and I'm, I'm the, the cure. cure. <laughs> and he never took the toothpick. I mean, it was a match. He never took the matchstick out of his mouth. It was unbelievable. I watched a few clips of it when I was doing the research on this. And, oh, my gosh. It's it terrible. Was, it was bad. It really was. But How long st- did he, uh, that he marriage met- last when he married her? How uh, long did they end up staying Not long. Together? No, they didn't stay together so. long. They didn't stay together long. Because he met, his, he met his current wife, Jennifer Flavin, at a restaurant in 1988. Now, she was 19, and he was in his early 40s. <laughs> That just seems a lot to me. Does it? Yeah. That's tough. Let me, let tough. me give you all but, some perspective. That's Caramia dating Sylvester Stallone. If we are just all on that page. That's Caramia dating uh, Sylvester Stallone. Mm, Y'all go with that? Well, Does that feel right to you? Mm, no. Well, if it, if it was one of my daughters, she'd have had to whoop my ass. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, but, but now listen, listen, they were in a relationship um, up until 1994. And at that time, he wrote Jennifer a six-page handwritten breakup letter and sent it to her FedEx. Who does oh, that? I remember Is that better that. than breaking was- up over text? Well, yeah, because he had to spend some money to overnight it on FedEx. I remember that because yeah. it was, even then, everyone was like, "Who does? Who does that? <laughs> who does yeah. break something so weird?" Now she after she got that, she later found out from her modeling agent uh, that Stallone had been having an affair with supermodel Janice Dickinson, mm. and in February, Dickinson gave birth to a baby girl, and it was rumored that Stallone was the baby daddy. But after a paternity test, the results said, as Maury would say, you are not the baby's daddy. So Stallone ended up, he broke off his relationship with Dixon, and then he goes back to Flavin, and she took him back. And they got married in 1997. And they're together to this day, aren't they? Yes, they they have. They broke up for a little while, not long ago. They did. And then they got back together. Yeah, they have three daughters, and uh, in August of last year, she filed for divorce. Uh, oh, sorry, I screwed up. 
<laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. But here's what here's what you failed to mention. This must have been really serious because Stallone went to a tattoo artist and had them cover his wife's face with one of his dog butkas. That's pretty serious. Is that not serious? It was an ugly To take your wife's face and cover it with the dog? I'm not so sure. I was shocked. When he did that, I was shocked that they reconciled. Yeah. I re- we talked about this when it happened. I'm I remember shocked. us talking about it when it happened. I mean, thank goodness they got they, they reconciled and, and she canceled the divorce. But let me go ahead and give you the best piece of marriage advice. Whatever you do, don't tattoo your wife's face on your body. Just don't do it. Don't. And don't. if you do, it's- don't cover it with the dog. <laughs> But one of the things that uh, Stallone has always talked about, him and Arnold Schwarzenegger have always had sort of a rivalry because they were both huge action stars around the same time. I mean, in the 80s, they were the movies. I mean, every one of them. And so he said, evidently, he admits that Schwarzenegger may be a little bit more clever than he is. He said that uh, he recalled that his 1992 bomb Stop my mom or I will shoot. Stop, uh, no, it's stop or my mom will shoot. Stop or my mom will shoot. Yeah, stop or my mom will shoot. Stallone told that some journalists in 2014 that Schwarzenegger was to blame. He said, I heard Arnold wanted yeah. to do that movie. And after hearing that, I said, no, I want to do it. And he, he tricked me. He's always been clever. Because <laughs> that I was a terrible, that. terrible movie. I never oh, knew yeah. that but, you know, listen, he has made some not-so-great movies, but he's made a ton of good ones, and he's not afraid to take a chance. And one of his most critically acclaimed movies that really didn't do great in the box office was Copland, and he gained 40-something pounds so that he could look like an over-the-hill police chief. And he did this to prove that he was not just a muscled-up action star, that he was actually... You know, a, a real movie star, but the, it only took in sixty-three million. But it showed that he's not just that; he's someone that can actually act. And you remember, you and Bob interviewed him when he was promoting yeah, that film. Yeah, you remember yeah. that show? Yeah. In fact, in, in fact, uh, Robert De Niro was in that movie as well. And Robert, and so when he would come out of his trailer, Robert would get on the PA and he'd go, "Fat man walking, fat man walking." <laughs> <laughs> Stallone told us that. Yeah. He he's yeah. one Copland is a wonderful movie and he's amazing. Yes, in it. he's really good he in it. Really, really is. He was really nice on the interview too. I thought. Yeah, he was, he was a, great. He was a good, yeah, great he was guy. Strong. He was a great guy. Listen, Rocky is such a gift that if yeah. he had done nothing else but the Rocky Balboa thing, I I would still be the biggest yeah. fan. So, I love those. Movies. So yeah. I've got a funny little story about the Rocky movie, and that is there All was right. a, there was a young man who was in his twenties went to see that movie. The guy's name was Daniel Rudiger. And Daniel looked at that movie and said, you know, this is an improbable story about a man who overcame great odds to go in and do the uh, heavyweight championship of the world. I think I'm going to make a movie about my life. And Daniel Rudiger is, of course, Rudy, who found a way to get in for one play or a couple plays for Notre oh, Dame football. Yeah, for Notre Dame. So, um, so the inspiration for Rudy actually came from Rocky. Which makes perfect sense. I can't sense. tell you. Yeah. How many people do you think? I mean, we'll never know. How many people watched that movie and it inspired them to do something that they may not have ever done? I, and 
um, we talked about this at lunch the other day, and and I looked it up to double check it. But um, Henry Winkler and Sylvester Stallone were in a movie called Lords of Flatbush. Yeah. So when Henry yep. Winkler was cast as the Fonz in Happy Days, he would look at the script and he'd say, how would Sylvester Stallone say this? How would <laughs> Sylvester Stallone do this? And yep. that is the, the character came from Sylvester Stallone. Wait, the Fonz Us, the is Fonz. modeled on Stallone. On Stallone. Stallone. Before wow. either of them, I mean, they had been in the Lords of Flatbush, but 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 neither of them had, they had been, been. They weren't stars at that point. Nah. That movie was long ago. That was before Rocky. That was before Happy yeah. Days. But you know, you know, also in the in the Lords of Flatbush, Richard Gere was in that movie. Yeah. And him and Stallone didn't get along. And Stallone went to the director and he said, one of us has got to go. So they fired Richard Gere. And he said, to this day, Richard Gere does not like him. They do not get along. Well, look. And he there. had some great things to say about um, Henry Winkler. He said he was just such a great guy. He really, I think they were really good friends. So, so you would think, let me, so let this Richard Gere thing, like you would think Richard Gere's had so much success that he could let it go. Yeah. But let's be real about human nature. And especially in a yep. business like this, where luck and timing is as much a part of it as anything, right? Getting yep. him fired from Lords of Flatbush could have cost him everything. Now it didn't, but it could have. And I'm surprised because Richard Gere is a Buddhist and he's really like, you know, not attached to human ego and stuff. I'm surprised he's still holding on to that. Here's the other thing about that though. Maybe getting fired from that, put him in the path of something else to let so where he's at is fantastic. So now if he was still in the gutter somewhere, I could see him maybe being yeah. bitter, but he should be past worried about that. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they yeah, should be laughing surprised? about that. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am sort of shocked at that. Well, it's about time to wrap this up. Stallone has had a huge career, and he's had a big impact on the movie and entertainment industry. Hold, hold he's still up. not done. Hold, hold yeah. up, talking Lamar. Can you tell me one more time, like your butt and your brain? <laughs> two halves. Two halves. They're both two halves. <laughs> and you can tell well, by listen. looking at someone's butt what's going on with their brain. Is that? That's yes, robotic. Exactly. And what their futures, what their futures going to be. Exactly. Exactly. Max, I'm on my way. <laughs> Wear something tight. Okay. <laughs> I can only speak for myself, but I've had a fantabulous time. I hope you have too. And if you have, don't keep it to yourself. Tell everybody. They will really appreciate it. And I will too. Until next time on Talking Lamar. Love y'all bunches. Thank you so much for listening to Talking Lamar, the Oddcast, and the Bob and Sherry Podcast. We would really love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter 
Recruiter's powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 